this is Justin Ford for From the Front Line. Tonight we are dealing with the cancel culture woke world war. In the studio with me is Dr. Peter Hammond, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, who has been involved in serving persecuted Christians for over 40 years in 38 countries. Dr. Hammond, Putin, the president of the Russian Federation, has recently, um, in fact within the last week, made some striking comments while referring to the legacy of Russian art and culture. Can you tell us more about this? Yes, certainly. Um, he's uh, spoken directly against the cancel culture, even naming the cancel culture woke agenda in the West, which in fact is suffering some serious reverses right now, which is quite encouraging. There's rising resistance to uh, the woke agenda. You know, go woke, go broke. I think Disney, Targets, Bud Light are all discovering. But uh, President Vladimir Putin said recently at the opening of the Academy of artistic industries in the Tavrida Art Cluster in Crimea, that um, many of Russia's most outstanding compatriots, writers, poets, artists found inspiration and created the best works in Crimea. And just think of Leo Tolstoy, for example, who was a veteran who f- had fought in the Crimean War. He wrote that masterpiece, War and Peace. Uh, Crimea is a special place. It undoubtedly plays a special role in Russian culture. I think you sense this unique atmosphere and know and value its great legacy, and you're ready to create and move forward while drawing on old traditions. And then he commented that culture and art, the spheres which are called upon to unite people, are facing a geopolitical confrontation today. Attempts are being made to cancel everything that has to do with our country, with Russia, to erase it from the heritage of civilization. In fact, those who stand behind this campaign deprive themselves and their peoples and their citizens of the opportunity to appreciate true masterpieces. He said, we deeply respect the legacy of world culture. It is impossible to even imagine any attempts to cancel it in our country. But looking at what is going on in the world, we increasingly come to realize that we do not need guidelines or standards imposed from the outside, which suppress our distinctive national character and originality. We're living in a time where you've got to struggle for self-determination and for the right to be yourselves. We must have a caring, respectful attitude to our roots and origins and aspiration to rethink, bringing up to date at the same time preserving the unique sensibility which has always been characteristic of Russian culture, its special value-based message about the power of compassion, mutual respect, and the spiritual and moral foundations of great importance, which of course has been Orthodox Christian foundations of Russia, which there's been a great resurgence of recently. And so um, interesting to get from the lead of a country which was known for atheism and communism and for revolution for much of the 20th century. Here they're going back to the Christian roots and they are horrified to see how the West is getting so secular and perverse and uh, immoral and uh, the intolerance for uh, Christian values and history. So right now it seems that uh, of all the world leaders, it's interesting that Vladimir Putin has sounded the alarm on the cancel culture threats to uh, Christian foundations of any country. And this is not the first time Putin has used this rhetoric about the West wanting to cancel Russia, is it? No. In March of 2022, in a televised address, the Russian president used the controversy surrounding the Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling as evidence of the Western cancel culture, stating the West is now trying to subject Russia to a similar fate. Now, bear in mind, J.K. Rowling entered the LGBTQ 
uh, debate and uh, stood up for women's rights and for women's spaces and the privacy of women's bathrooms and shower rooms and change rooms and uh, that women's sport should not be intruded upon by men. And for this, she got cancelled, literally um, found her books being pulled and uh, shops being closed to her and being threatened and subjected to uh, even death threats and so on. So here, a British author who is hardly a conservative Christian at all, um, J.K. Rowling, has gotten into great trouble from people who used to be a fan simply because she's committed heresy, a thought crime, blasphemy against the new world woke transgender crowd. And because she's come out on a women's rights side, she's now being cancelled. So um, Vladimir Putin said, I'm talking about the growing discrimination <laughs> Pardon me. of everything to do with Russia. It is a trend spreading out across the West, permitted, even encouraged by some countries. Now, Putin's use of these um, rather violent uh, terms, cancel and erase, is actually quite disturbing. These words convey the idea of total annihilation and even obliteration. But before we consider whether Putin is exaggerating or being realistic, can you please put these words into the context of the contemporary cultural discourse? Yes, indeed, because um, the culture wars or culture, um, cancel culture, wokeism, um, battles of worldviews or powers of ideas, everything has consequences. What we think uh, influences everything. So um, every idea has consequences. And we're living in a world where ideas can lead to revolutions, uh, complete upheavals, uh, just think of how the Bolshevik Revolution started with the writings of Karl Marx. And then you think of the uh, Frankfurt School of Marxism, uh, where they started to speak about being cultural termites to work within the uh, society to hollow out the pillars of Western civilization, to hollow out the Christian heart of, of the world. This is all part of the cultural um, school of Marxism or the uh, Frankfurt School. Uh, where they came out with the uh, Gramsci strategy, and Antonio Gramsci was the founder of the Italian Communist Party, where he said, Vladimir Lenin got it lucky, and we're unlikely to ever get such a correlation of forces again. Uh, a Bolshevik revolution is not going to happen again in, in the Western world. Uh, the West too Christian. What we've got to do is, is de-Christianize the West, and we do this by infiltrating the five culture-carrying institutions of Saudi, that is, Education, entertainment, news media, religious institutions, and political institutions, of which education is the thumb. That is the key. And what th they had to do was act like termites, said, hollowing out the insides of, imagine like wooden pillars of a, of a building, so that at the end, even if they put new coats of paint on, it's all going to crumble from within at one point. And he called it the termite strategy, or the long march through the institutions of the West, that if we could just get Marxists into cultural... Uh, forming cultural transforming areas such as schools, universities, uh, news media outlets, uh, Hollywood in particular, entertainment industry, educational institutions, news media. This will ultimately lead to the rotting of the Christian worldview uh, in the West. So he said what we've got to do is work to bring people to a position where they will see everything without regard to God. In fact, we want to turn the Christian mind in the West into a non-Christian mind, but more than that, into an anti-Christian mind. And uh, he was joined um, with the views of uh, Matus, was another member of the Frankfurt School of Marxism, uh, where uh, Herbert Matus said, what we've got to do is encourage the use of 
of pornography and vile, vile uh, vulgar, um, obscene speech and uh, blasphemy. We've got to mainstream it by using it first in arts and the theater, on, on plays and stages and then in cinemas. And mainstream cursing, swearing, using vulgar language as verbal grenades against the bourgeois uh, to subvert the very essence of Western Christian civilization. And Herbert Marcuse's ideology of, of using using swearing to mainstream it, obviously Hollywood has completely mainstreamed swearing where most people did not swear in normal life. And uh, now it's become mainstream. And sadly, a lot of Christians have even adopted a lot of it because of the influence of Hollywood. I think we can see that uh, Hollywood has become so totally woke. You can see how just recently they've had a spate of, of films where they're doing gender swaps where instead of a famous or a beloved character in history and so on of being this particular man, you now put a woman in that particular role with the same script, same story. And, and then it's got to be a colored woman or black woman, preferably. And you can see how there's been gender swaps all over the place uh, to the extent that um, there's a whole study on why is it that Hollywood is swapping redheaded girls with black women. And uh, you just think of Annie, who is a little redheaded girl. Now, redheads, by the way, are the ultimate minority, less than 1%, something like 0.6% of the world's population are redheaded. But in, for example, you just take uh, The Little Mermaid, which is a little redhead girl from Denmark. Uh, now Little Mermaid's been changed and it's a black woman. And uh, uh, Annie, which is a, a beloved musical from the 70s and 80s, uh, they rebooted that recently with a black uh, girl. And again and again, you can see there's been uh, either gender swaps or race swapping in Hollywood. Uh, I believe uh, Queen Anne Boleyn, is being depicted by a black woman in some film in Britain. And, and then uh, the Greek um, uh, Ptolemy uh, Pharaoh of Egypt, um, Cleopatra, is now being depicted by a black woman. And uh, there's even a move to have James Bond replaced uh, with a black woman instead of uh, uh, the, the traditional white man, and so on. So what they're doing again and again is, in Hollywood, coming out with films which are normally financial failures, Disney's particularly had a string of failures as they've injected all kinds of woke things. You know, when you try to take a beloved uh, fairy tale on uh, like Frozen of two uh, princesses up in Norwegian or Danish uh, Scandinavia and uh, next thing they've got to bring a lot more diversity. This was criticised for being too white. Well, you know, a story about a few centuries ago in Scandinavia, well, what do you think it's going to be? Uh, what do you think the Vikings were? And uh, now, imagine if somebody was coming out to the film on uh, Shaka Zulu and he's all depicted by a bunch of whites. You know, that would be a bit bizarre. Or some Japanese hero is being depicted as some other race. It's, it's quite bizarre. But Hollywood is doing this in the West and many uh, diversity criteria, you know, how many people of this and that persuasion. But they've been injecting LGBTQ uh, gays, transvestites, um, and now transgender characters into more and more plots, even into children's programs. And a lot of people are sick of it. So critical race theory and the LGBTQ agenda are only part of the culture wars trying to rot the heart out of, of Western civilization. Basically, you can understand the cultural war best as it's a fulfillment of the Antonio Gramsci, Gramsci strategy or termite strategy, 
the long march of the institutions of the West, but also just at its heart, it's anti-Christian. That's the core. It's a culture war, yes, uh, but it's it's subversive. And, you know, when people buy a cinema ticket or uh, sit down to watch some TV program, they think they're going to be entertained. They don't realize that they are being subjected to psychological warfare and that this is, in fact, a manipulation to get them to uh, look in a derogatory way towards their own culture and to um, have subversive views where they identify more with the enemy and they start to accept more anti-Christian ideas and things that they would have rejected in life, they now start to embrace or celebrate. Going back to Russia, um, it would seem um, <coughs> that, well, given Putin's comments about um, cancelling Russian civilization, it seems that Russia is facing a full-spectrum attack, given that there is a kinetic, kinetic war on, um, that they're involved in in the Ukraine. Um, and we could also phrase this as uh, is Putin's use of such violent terms as cancel and erase justified? Or is he deploying it, a rhetorical uh, exaggeration? No, he's definitely not exaggerating at all because, in fact, in many cases, he's just quoting from what uh, his enemies are saying. Um, war has been waged in a broader sense. A war has been waged in us on all fronts, he said. It is economic, international relationships, and even terms ownership, which is true. Uh, they are being attacked on all those fronts and... Western leaders like President Biden have boasted on all the wars they're doing on every level and making sure that no Russian can uh, play in an opera or uh, take part in even a tennis match. You know, this isn't just national teams being discriminated against. This is individuals who have a Russian background. And in many cases, Russian songs are just being expunged and, you know, no more um, uh, Tchaikovsky, no more Rachmaninoff and all that sort of thing. So... Uh, there's a very insightful article from March 2022. How much does the LGBT agenda have to do with the conflict in Ukraine? This was written by Kendi Hall, who points out two very interesting conflicting cultural and moral viewpoints of the antagonists in the war. Now, one tweet was by top spy in Britain, the chief of MI6, M, I suppose, the man who would have led James Bond in the fictional films and books. But uh, here uh, you've got a tweet by Richard Moore ch from Chief at MI6, February 25th of 2022. With the tragedy and destruction unfolding so distressingly in Ukraine, we should remember the values and the hard-won freedoms that distinguish us from Putin, none more so than LGBT plus rights. So let's resume our series of tweets to mark LGBTQ month um, 2022. So, you know, when a military intelligence leader like Richard Moore from Britain is saying uh, we've got to fight for the values that distinguish us uh, from our enemy and the hard-won freedoms that, that are at the core of our values, um, what would you think he'd say? I mean, I might have thought he'd say something like freedom, Christian Western civilization, democracy, um, freedom of conscience, something like that. But no, he says LGBT plus rights. I mean, that's at the core of our values and hard-won freedoms that distinguish us from our enemy. Well, from an exactly opposite perspective, the Russian Orthodox patriarch, uh, Kirill, uh, actually um, made the statement that in a tweet that the West is essentially organizing genocidal campaigns against countries that refuse to stage gay parades. And that's he posted on the 6th of March, 2022. Well, 
that's an interesting observation, but do the facts bear it out? Um, well, indeed, uh, Western Europe has largely secularized and as a result is doing everything it can to rid itself of cultural and religious um, patrimony. Uh, it's, in fact, it seems that the West absolutely pathologically hates Christianity. I'd say they've got Christophobia. Well, quoting again from Kendi Hall's article, the EU is a woke and globalist organization, whereas Russia is not at all. Russia is now nationalist and uh, the EU and America is globalist. And he writes that Russia may be ashamed to a degree of a Soviet era, but she's not ashamed of a nationalism or even of a desire to be a traditional world empire. And Ukraine is not that different from her eastern neighbor. After a period of soul-searching after the fall of the Soviet Union, Ukraine began to solidify itself as a true Slavic cultural power with a growth in traditional religious and political thinking. Indeed, Ukraine started to turn back to Russian Orthodoxy and churches were being rebuilt and all the rest of it. Um, he said it was impossible to develop any kind of Ukrainian solidarity or unity without acknowledgement and support of the Russian-Ukrainian contingent of the nation. A lot of Ukraine is actually with Russian-speaking uh, demographics where the Russians are the majority in many parts, especially in the east of Ukraine. And so Russia and Ukraine were heading down the same paths, uh, nationalist and orthodox Christian, uh, and they were ignoring uh, the globalism of the West and resisting it. But then the modern West stepped in. In the decade leading up to the 2014 coup d'etat, which saw the conservative, traditionally-minded Ukrainian president, Viktor Yunukov, ousted by the uh, European Union-inspired uh, revolution, Ukraine had angered the liberal West many times. In 2008, Ukraine parliament worked towards banning homosexualism in the country. A government committee of Ukraine said propaganda and expansion of homosexuality in our country forms a threat to our national security, contradicts our national interest and undermines the authority of rights and the freedom of human beings and family. In 2012, the Ukrainian parliament went further uh, to support traditional Christian values and they resubmitted a bill to outlaw the pro promotion of homosexuality in public. And so international LGBT groups were outraged and at the time, the vast majority of Ukrainians were plainly against all the homosexual agenda. Now, the former president of Ukraine, Viktor Yunukov, did not want the nation to be lost in the liberal, post-liberal mess of the West, personified by the desire of the EU to move in on Ukraine. So after Yunukov, the elected premier of Ukraine, refused to sign a trade agreement and political association document to the EU, suddenly uh, the U.S. State Department started to sponsor a revolutionary coup in Ukraine, putting $5 billion into creating whole new media outlets in, in um, Ukraine and uh, opposition parties, which led to the revolution, the violence in the streets, which was a very bloody one. Many people killed. I mean, hundreds of people were killed in this revolution, which has been well documented um, that this was actually organized by the U.S. State Department. Victoria Newland, the Under Secretary of State for uh, the U.S. for the State Department, was heavily involved in this coup, financing it to the tune of billions. Well, as soon as the revolutionaries took power in Ukraine, this puppets of the West, uh, they outlawed Russia, Russian as an official language, 
and uh, started a form of ethnic cleansing, actually in the east of Ukraine, uh, waging war against Russian uh, demographics within Ukraine. So the Russian-majority areas in eastern Ukraine, which were 96% Russian in many cases, started to come under aerial rocket uh, bombardment and uh, uh, started to come under regular attacks. And thousands of Russian civilians died in eastern Ukraine at the hands of the Ukrainian army in the eight years before Russia actually intervened to try and stop this. And uh, it was seen as a win for democracy to oust the democratically elected leader because he was pro-Russia and he was against the homosexual agenda. And uh, then they brought to power a Western puppet. I mean, just look at who's uh, Zelensky. Zelensky's a comedian, uh, uh, in fact, a pretty perverse comedian. Um, he's taken part in pretty pornographic, cross-dressing type of activities, sick and sordid stuff that you wouldn't even want to mention, let alone watch. And uh, he suddenly became the rising star. He was a young global leader from the World Economic Forum. Uh, he had actually been uh, mentored by um, Klaus Schwab, along with Justin Trudeau and, uh, of Canada and uh, Jacinda Ardern of uh, New Zealand. So Zelensky is a globalist World Economic Forum stooge, uh, as quite aside from being a, a pimp and a pervert. And so Ukraine has uh, made great strides in advancing the LGBTQ agenda in uh, Ukraine, including having gay pride marches and so on. So for the Patriarch of Russian Orthodox Church, cruel to observe that Amer America sponsors genocidal wars in any country that doesn't have a gay pride march, uh, you can see he could get that just from looking at Ukraine alone. So um, the entire conflict may not only be because of a pro-LGBT agenda, but it's clearly a major factor. And Vladimir Putin had been rebuked for years and criticized by world leaders and LGBT organizations because Russia's had an anti-rainbow mentality and they've resisted all attempts to homosexualize the Russian Federation. Uh, they've banned those sort of activities and made it a crime to groom children for uh, the homosexual cause and brought in laws against blasphemy and things like that. So uh, with Russia's pro-family, uh, pro-life policies um, and even uh, producing the straight banner instead of the, the homosexual banner and uh, promoting family and family conferences at the Kremlin, uh, you can see that... Um, the West opportunistically sponsored a violent revolution to oust a stable, democratically elected leadership of Ukraine and started a war against uh, a Russian Orthodox Christians in the east of Ukraine. So in a sermon on the 6th of March 2022, Patriarch Krill of Moscow hammered home the points that Russian values, which are ultimately animated by the Orthodox Christian Church, that these um, are anti-Western in the sense that Russia's customs and beliefs will not accept the push to secularize the world through sexual revolution as they've seen taking place in the West. And he said that uh, the Russian and Ukrainian conflict in the Donbass in the east of Ukraine was a loyalty test for Russia against the imposition of a gay parade. For eight years, there have been attempts to destroy what exists in the Donbass. And in the Donbass, there's rejection, a fundamental rejection of the so-called values that are offered today by those who, who claim world power, meaning NATO and the USA. 
Today, there's such a test for loyalty of this government, a kind of past to that happy world, the world of excessive consumption, the world of visible so-called freedom. Do you know what the test is? The test is very simple. At the same time, terrible. It's a gay parade. The demands on many to hold a gay parade is a test of loyalty to the very powerful World uh, Economic Forum globalist agenda. We know that if people or countries reject these uh, uh, gay globalist demands, they do not enter that world, they become strangers to it. And if humanity recognizes that sin is not a violation of God's law, if humanity agrees that sin is one of the options for human behavior, alternative lifestyle, uh, then um, civilization will end there. Gay pride parades are designed to demonstrate that sin is one of the acceptable alternative uh, lifestyles of human behavior. And so if Archbishop or uh, Patriarch Krill is correct, this gives a whole new layer to the term culture war because, in fact, if the head of the British MI6 is correct, that what distinguishes us from Putin, what is at the core of Western values is LGBTQ so-called rights, you know, privileges for perverts, in other words, um, if that's what distinguishes the West, I'm not surprised that the Russians are rejecting it. So when Putin says her enemies want traditional Russian culture and values and heritage cancelled and erased and replaced with a decadent, subversive, um, degenerate, liberal worldview, then, well, he's actually correct, isn't he? He's being accurate. Mm. Um, Putin also made some interesting comments that uh, he's addressed to the Russian people at the commencement of the so-called special military operation in Ukraine. That's what the Russians call the war that they're fighting against Ukraine yes. on uh, 24th of October 2022. Do you want to comment on that, Dr. Hammond? Yes. Um, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, Putin said, we saw a state of euphoria created by feelings of absolute superiority, a kind of moral absolutism coupled with the low cultural standards and arrogance of those who formulated and pushed through decisions that suited only themselves. Now here he's talking about uh, particularly Europe European Union, that is, and uh, the USA. Examples were bloody military operations that NATO waged against Belgrade, um, Yugoslavia, without the UN Security Council sanction, but with combat aircraft and missiles used in the heart of Europe. And they did. They bombed uh, the capital city of Yugoslavia and Serbia. Uh, in fact, one of our missionaries was involved in it. She was in a prayer meeting when her own government's aircraft, the US Air Force, bombed them while we in the middle of a prayer meeting and had glass showered all over it while in the pews in this beautiful stained glass window church in uh, the capital of, of Serbia getting bombed. Uh, and this was under Clinton, um, who was doing a wag the dog war to distract from his scandals to change what was on the um, front page of the newspapers in America. And uh, they waged something like 17,000 aerial sorties, bomb bombing campaigns against uh, Serbia during that time. So when people said that Putin's attack on Ukraine was the first time uh, cities were being bombed in Europe since the Second World War, that's totally false. They forgot about NATO's war against Serbia, which was on the behalf of Al-Qaeda-affiliated Muslim terrorist groups in Bosnia. So... NATO was mobilized to fight against Orthodox Christians in Serbia on the side of uh, Muslim terrorists of Bosnia, which is pretty shocking. Uh, but uh, Putin said the entire Western bloc is embroiled in an empire of lies. After bombing uh, Serbia, they went on to bomb Iraq, Libya and Syria and creating massive human chaos, uh, leading to a tidal wave of millions of refugees pouring from 
from the Middle East, which had been stable, into Europe, creating this demographic time bomb that we're facing now. But again, uh, Putin says, overall, it appears that nearly everywhere in many regions of the world where the United States brought its so-called law and order, they created bloody non-healing wounds and the curse of international terrorism and extremism. I've only mentioned the most glaring, but far from the only examples of disregard for international law. This array includes promises not to expand NATO eastwards by even by an inch, which is true. Um, when the Berlin Wall came down, uh, the West sought permission from Russia to reunite East and West Germany and to incorporate East Germany into NATO. And at that time, it was promised we will not expand another inch uh, beyond the German eastern border. Uh, and so Putin says they have deceived us, or to put it simply, they've played us. Sure, you often hear that politics is a dirty business. It could be, but it shouldn't be as dirty as it is now, certainly not to such an extent. This type of con artist behavior is contrary not only to the principles of international relations, but also, and above all, to the generally accepted norms of morality and ethics. Where's justice and truth here? Just lies and hypocrisy all around. Incidentally, U.S. politicians, political scientists and journalists write and say that a veritable empire of lies has been created within the United States in recent years. And it's hard to disagree with this. It really is so. But one should not be modest about this. The United States is still a great country and a system-forming power. All its satellites not only humbly and obediently say yes to and parrot it at the slightest pretext, but they also imitate its behavior and enthusiastically accept the rules it's offering them, such as with the gay pride marches and LGBTQ agenda. Therefore, you can say with good reason and confidence that the whole of the so-called Western Bloc, formed by the United States in its own image and likeness, is the very same empire of lies. And I think you can see all over Western Europe, and it's being resisted in a lot of the Eastern Europe countries that have recently joined NATO and the EU, such as my friends in Romania, very unhappy how suddenly they were finding that their pro-life standards and uh, abortion was against the law in Romania. Suddenly they had to accept abortion, they had to accept pornography, they had to accept all these things that, that the country traditionally was against. And it's like uh, some said, joining uh, NATO and the EU, we thought it was giving us freedom in Christianity and instead we've got more paganism uh, than we ever thought possible. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's quite right there. And Putin described how the West is attempting to destroy Russia by sponsoring terrorism in Chechnya and the Caucasus, uh, such as in Georgia and Azerbaijan. They sought to destroy our traditional values and force on us the false values that would erode us, our people, from within. The attitudes that they have been aggressively imposing on their countries, attitudes that are directly leading to degeneration and de degradation, because they're contrary to Christian nature, this is not going to be allowed to happen. No one has ever succeeded in doing this, nor will they succeed now. And so he's talking about it's true, the West has sponsored terrorists such as the Chechen and Muslim radical terrorists who have blown up whole buildings and killed vast amounts of Christians in Armenia and in even Moscow. So, um, you know, the idea that Russia has been aggressive and uh, the West is not is not actually true. When I grew up, Russia was the epitome of evil. Russia was uh, the heart of darkness, the evil empire. They were the heart of communism, and they were ex exporting revolution around the world, including to Rhodesia, where I grew up. But in the latter half of my life, it's been the United States that's sponsoring a lot of the revolutions and terrorism and financing the terrorists, such as ISIS and uh, all the rest of it. 
So Putin, commenting on NATO's eastward expansion ever closer to Russia's border, said, for the United States and its allies, this is a policy of containing Russia with obvious geopolitical dividends. For our country, it is a matter of life and death. It's a matter of our historical future as a nation. This is not an exaggeration. This is a fact. This is a very real threat to our interests and to the very existence of our country and our sovereignty. This is a red line that we've spoken about on numerous occasions. They've crossed this red line. And so it's, it's true. You can imagine if you want to be an Orthodox Christian country and uh, you see this, this paganism coming closer and closer towards you, this globalism, you can understand why people who believe in national sovereignty and resist globalism and secularism, why they would feel threatened. Yeah, Putin said there, uh, commenting on the West, that they, the attitudes that they have been aggressively imposing on their countries um, that are uh, leading to degradation and degeneration, this implies that the Western powers are at war with their own citizens. And um, would you agree with that, Dr. Hammond? Well, they are. Just think in terms of critical race theory and the LGBTQ agenda, which is being aggressively pushed on people in the West, particularly in the United States of America, and uh, even on the U.S. military where they were forcing people out of the U.S. military if they didn't want to have the vaccination, even during the lockdown lunacy, COVID cult, um, masquerade madness. And uh, then critical race theory has been pushed on the poor U.S. soldiers and Marines and Army and Navy. And uh, the LGBTQ agenda is just relentlessly pushed. And you can see now, um, just recently, a big backlash that this is obviously not democratic because... The people of America don't like it. Uh, just look at the catastrophic declines in income for Target, one of the largest chain stores in America, which, by the way, almost everything on their shelves is made in China, meaning communist red China. So Target launched a transgender clothing line for children, even for babies. Well, just in the last week, they've lost more than $9 billion in corporate value on the stock exchange. I mean, it's a bloodbath. It's a catastrophe. They, they are facing... A massive boycott from the alienated customers. And Bud Light, which is one of the most popular beer brands in America for years, came out with a uh, woke advert, pretty pathetic, with a transgender man pretending to be a woman uh, advertising their brand and face on the, on the tins. And since then, the boycott for Bud Light is so great. Some people have posted pictures of putting a pile of Bud Lights out there and shooting it down with a machine gun and then Others have uh, filled a whole parking lot with Bud Lights and then driven steamrollers back and forth over it. And uh, you can just see the amount of people, the hostility is huge. Well, Bud Light is facing such uh, unpopularity and boycott that they've been reduced to a massive uh, uh, discounts and now they're offering the beer for free because more and more uh, uh, places, whether you're talking about shops or bars, are asking them to come and collect the products which they can't sell and wanting a refund, of course. And so right now, a Bud Light is being offered free, but the consumers are still not interested in getting any. So they've provoked massive backlash against their work policies. And um, then you've got Disney, which is one of the biggest, uh, most successful family entertainment producers in history. Uh, they have been facing a massive backlash against their work policies and repeated insertion of LGBTQ themes and race swapping and gender swapping and all this garbage and so many of the films. And people who want entertainment are sick of having radical political agenda being shoved down their throats uh, and that of their children, so much so that Disney's now 
had to lay off fire more than 7,500 of their workers. I mean, imagine. And so uh, that's pretty disastrous. And then Nike um, employed a transgender man to model their women's sportswear. And uh, it was so derogatory of women, so stereotypical. It was so insulting for women. And having a man model women's uh, sportswear is so pathetic. Um, so Nike discovered those who go woke go broke. Um, people are boycotting their brand again. And uh, I think Ford Motor Company is also suffering some uh, serious reverses since a gay-themed uh, uh, truck uh, was unveiled in one of their um, adverts. And so basically what you are seeing here is go woke, go broke. Cancel culture war is being rejected by the people on the ground, massively rejected. So it's not democratic. It's being forced by a small elite of revolutionaries on top. And for the people in Russia to look and say, this is disgusting and we don't want it here, well, who can blame them? Mm, yeah, it's very insidious because this will affect uh, younger, you know, young people, especially if this yes. sort of imagery and uh, narrative is out in the mainstream media. Um, and how has cancel culture manifested in South Africa? Well, that's worthy of another program sometime, but we've had... Our historical monuments attacked and uh, a Rhodes Memorial beheaded and then burned. Um, massive amounts of um, gutting of libraries and pulping of many of our great books. Uh, they've been, uh, for example, I, I've met people of the Cultural Center at the Fort Tricker Monument who said that they were given a tip-off that they should get the biggest truck they've got and go down to Pretoria Library where they were throwing out thousands of books into dumpsters to be pulped or incinerated. They rescued thousands, but there was a lot that they just didn't manage to fit into their truck. And we're talking about magnificent first editions, irreplaceable things, in some cases leather-bound, and they were just being thrown out to make space for now the politically correct garbage coming in. So libraries, of course, school textbooks. We had the Parliament of Cape Town, which is the oldest parliament in the Southern Hemisphere, been around since the 1860s, burned, um, beginning of last year and not even the beginning of restoring it yet. Uh, not even during the rainy season did they put a can canvas over the what used to be the ceiling. And so now the the, uh, the basement's filled with tens of thousands of litres of rainwater and the damage done uh, to so much of this parliament. It's considered in the billions of rand's damage, but the cultural damage is just it's irreplaceable. And we see so many of our monuments and museums being... Um, looted, vandalized, destroyed. So there certainly is a cancel culture in this country, a lot of renaming of streets and renaming of, of buildings and uh, uh, hijacking of things uh, and demonizing of the old Christian national heritage. So we have cancel culture here, but nothing quite as aggressive as what's going on in America, largely because African people are pretty conservative and would not accept the LGBTQ perversion uh, agenda uh, like it seems to be able to make inroads in Europe and America. Mm. Dr. Hammond, um, we're running out of time, but uh, would you like to comment on any, if there is any connection between communism and the current cancel culture that we're experiencing? Indeed, there's another very insightful analysis from President Vladimir Putin to illustrate this point. Uh, he was um, commenting very recently on uh, the fact that Russia's been there and uh, we know all about cancel culture and the redefinition of the family because that's what the Bolshevik Revolution was all about. So, quoting Vladimir Putin's speech, considering Russia's painful experience with communism, uh, he 
gave a long speech dealing with all the challenges facing the modern world. And he said this in the subject of morals and values, that um, a solid support of morals and ethics and values is absolutely essential um, for any society. And he says, we look in amazement at the processes underway in countries that have been traditionally looked at as standard bearers of progress. By that, he must be thinking of Britain and America. Of course, the social and cultural shocks that are taking place in the United States and Western Europe are none of our business, and we are keeping out of this. Some people in the West believe that an aggressive elimination of entire pages from their own history, reverse discrimination against the majority of the interests of in the interests of a minority, and the demand to give up their traditional notions of father, mother, family, even gender, they believe all of these things are milestones on a path towards social renewal. He says, uh, they have a right to do this and we're keeping out of this, but we'd like them to please keep out of our business as well. We have a different viewpoint, at least over my overwhelming majority of Russian society. Uh, it would be correct to put this way, we have a different opinion on this matter. We believe that we must rely on our own spiritual values, our own historical tradition, and the culture of our Orthodox Christian nation. And so the advocates of these social progresses believe they're introducing humanity to a new and better consciousness. And he says, well, hoist the flag and go ahead if that's what you want to do. But the only thing I want to say now is that your prescriptions are not new at all. It may come as a surprise to some people, but Russia's been there already. After the Bolshevik Revolution of 1917, the communists, relying on the dogmas of Karl Marx and, and Engels, also said they would change existing ways and customs, and not just political and economic ones. They would change the very notion of human morality and the foundations of healthy society. They destroyed age-old values, religion, and relationships between people, up to and including total rejection of the family. We had that too. They, they destroyed the family, uh, and they encouraged children to inform on their loved ones, and all this was proclaimed progress. And by the way, we it was widely supported from around the world back then. It was quite fashionable, same as today. By the way, the Bolsheviks were absolutely intolerant of the opinions of any other than themselves, which is true. So the, the intolerance, thought, beliefs, that's, that's what inspired George Orwell's 1984 and Animal Farm. So, you know, he's quite right to say, uh, we've been there already. We've we've been there, done that, seen that, uh, got the T-shirt. Uh, you don't need to tell us about this. This is nothing new. And so he says, uh, the fight for equality and against discrimination has turned into an aggressive dogmatism bordering on absurdity. Even the works of great authors of the past, like Shakespeare, are no longer taught at Western schools and universities because the ideas are believed to be backward. These classics are declared backward and ignorant, politically incorrect, and... Uh, particularly of the importance of gender and race. In Hollywood, memos are distributed about the proper storytelling and how many characters of what color and what gender should be in each movie. This is even worse than the agitprop or agitation propaganda department of the Central Committee of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. You know, that's a, they also had uh, requirements. You have to have this much of that and so on and so forth. And he says, we know about this. So countering racism is necessary and noble. But the new cancel culture has become reverse discrimination, that is, reverse racism. And zealots of this new approach go so far as to want to abolish these concepts altogether. Anyone who dares mention that men and women actually exist, which is a biological fact, risks being ostracized. Now they talk of parent number one and parent number two and birthing parent instead of mother and human milk instead of breast milk because it might upset people who are unsure about their own gender. I repeat, said Putin, this is nothing new. In the 1920s, the so-called Soviet 
Culture warriors also invented some new speak, believing they were creating a new consciousness and changing values that way. Because remember, they forced women into the factories and they forced women into the army, they conscripted them, and they put women in the front lines and into combat and all this. As I've already said, they made such a mess, it still makes us shudder. And they did truly monstrous things. Children are now being taught from an early age that a boy can become a girl and a girl can become a boy. Calling a spade a spade verges on a crime against humanity. It's a thought crime and it's being done in the name and under the banner of progress. So, of course, that's what... Um, progress is another word for revolution. And the communists have, have regularly called their revolution and their destruction progress. So he said, we in Russia will be guided by healthy conservatism, primarily about reliance on a time-tested tradition, the preservation and the growth of our population, a realistic assessment of ourselves and others, a precise alignment of priorities, a correlation of necessity and possibility, and a prudent formulation of goals, with a fundamental rejection of extremism as a method. And so uh, he says, we are facing a cancelled culture, hybrid form of warfare, which is designed to destroy a nation from within. And I think that's so true. Cancel culture at its heart is anti-white, anti-Western, anti-Christian, uh, anti-God, really. And uh, it's it's basically trying to genocide the people of Europe and America. And who can blame Russia for saying we want nothing to do with it? Mm. Yeah, thank you very much, Dr. Hammond, for this um, insightful conversation about a very timely topic. Um, are there any further resources that you would like to refer our listeners to? Well, yes. The very best way to fight against cancel culture is to be straight and to get married and have lots of children and to homeschool them. I mean, the most uh, counter-revolutionary thing you can do these days is to refuse to be perverted, to refuse to accept the cancel culture, LGBTQ agenda and gender confusion crowd. You know, turn right and go straight, basically. That's how you get to heaven. Thank you very much. I mean, closing, let's consider uh, two uh, uh, two books from uh, two uh, sections from two books in the Bible. Um, Luke chapter twenty, verses seventeen to eighteen. Then he looked at them and said, "When this is, what then is this that is written? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Whoever falls on that stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder." And then from two Thessalonians chapter two, verse fifteen. Therefore, brethren. Stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Thank you very much for joining us for From the Frontline. God bless and good night.